we do, and that's with our prayer request. And I think this is SSG Ernst, um, starting chemo for Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, specifically that Goodson gets treatment he needs. And so um, this is from Robin Hawk. So let's remember this uh, in prayer. And then the family of Ed Schultz. Ed's uh, was my best friend, and he passed away unexpectedly on December the 2nd. That would have been yesterday. Please pray especially for his wife and mother, who also need salvation. And this is from Luke Stangland. So let's remember the family of Ed Schultz. The Kuzak family, their son Finn is not expected to live much longer. His battle with a brain tumor is coming to an end. Please pray for comfort, and this is from Tom Clue. So let's remember the Kuzak family. Then Whitney Knoll, this is Jessica Sexton's cousin, in a bad car accident Saturday, yesterday. She will need surgery due to her injuries. Please pray for healing and recovery, Jessica Sexton. Um, and then Sherry Stewart, this is Kathy Stewart's daughter, and she is going to have two surgeries on December the 22nd uh, on her pinky finger to see if they can repair the finger uh, for if they're not able to do that, they will have to amputate it. So let's please pray uh, for uh, Kathy's daughter, Sherry, uh, and the date of the surgery uh, is uh, December the 22nd. So let's remember all these in prayer. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, we, uh, we certainly need uh, to be lifting that entire situation up in prayer. And, uh, and then I, I have a, a praise. So I got a phone call the other day, uh, and it was from Rex McPherson. And uh, he was in uh, maybe the best he's been in three months. And uh, I talked to him for about 20 minutes on the phone. We had a, I'm not going to tell you what the conversation was about, because that's a little sad. But uh, I will tell you that we had a very good conversation, and uh, we kind of reminisced just a little bit, too. And uh, he, like I say, he was the best he's been in months, and uh, he was having a very, very good day, and I was so very glad to be able to talk with him again. Oh, I, I just cannot tell you uh, how much that meant to me to get to talk to Rex again, and uh, and because usually he's just not up to it at all, and uh, so to have that uh, minor miracle in the middle of my day last week was a tremendous, tremendous blessing, and I praise the Lord for it. I also want you to remember one of our missionaries. Uh, please pray uh, for Jody Ball. Many of you know uh, Mark and Jody. Uh, her mother passed away yesterday after uh, 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 an illness that uh, brought her very, very low. Uh, Jody did tell me this morning uh, that uh, she praised the Lord because her mother did not have to suffer very much. Uh, when, when she got really bad and they realized she wasn't going to live much longer, she did not live much longer. She had prayed that the Lord would not have her linger. However, you do need to be praying because Mark is still in Montana. He's supposed to fly out tomorrow. The service is one day this week down in Georgia. Uh, I'm not going to be able to attend, but I am going to be uh, praying for them and, and, and encouraging them. I've talked to them on the phone. And uh, we uh, just really appreciate your prayers uh, for them. Uh, all right. Um, 
I'm going to ask Delmer, if he would, to come around and lead us in prayer. Sometimes we forget that a lot of people are watching us on live streaming. And uh, when we have prayers, uh, you, you can't hear a word sometimes. You, you don't. <laughs> uh, so at least they'll be able to hear you pray, brother. Delmer, good to see you tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in your house today. And Lord, as we come before you, we want to try to remember these prayer requests. And we do pray for the Ball family. We ask, dear God, that you would comfort and strengthen them. And Lord, we're thankful that even in the midst of sorrow, we can praise you for the things that you do and the, uh, the peace that you give. And so, Father, I pray that you would bless them. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would be with uh, those that are sick, Lord, we pray for Whitney as she was in the accident, Lord, that yes. you would just undertake there and give healing and strengthening and move to in her upon her heart, Lord, we pray. And, Lord, I do pray that you would be with, uh, Lord, so many that are sick here in our church that we've been yes. praying for. And then, Lord, those that have loved ones that have passed away, Lord, we're praying for them and we're asking for your peace, for your comfort for them, and, Lord, your guidance in their lives. And, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for a church. And, Lord, we thank you that at this time of year we can come, that we can celebrate your birth and your yes. goodness to us, that you came to this sin-cursed earth to be our Lord, to be our Savior. And, Lord, we're thankful for those who are willing to come and, and work in the cantata and in the children's yes, program yes. and give so much of their time. And we ask you, Heavenly Father, that you'll move through these uh, programs, as the children's program next Sunday morning. And I pray to God that some precious soul will be saved through these presentations. And Lord, that your name will be honored and lifted up. We love you and we thank you for your goodness. Bless, Lord, in the singing tonight and in the preaching of your word. Lord, stir our hearts. And Lord, should there be one here that does not know you, I pray that tonight would be that glad night of salvation for them. In your name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, 142. 142, everybody stand. Hark the herald angels sing.
last verse. Come desires of nations come fixing us thy humble home. Rise the woman's conquering seed, bruising us, bent head. going to make a lot of announcements tonight. Uh, we made them all this morning. You know where the bulletins are, and so you be sure and get a bulletin on your way out. Uh, even if you have listened carefully to all the announcements this morning, uh, you, uh, you still need an announcement bulletin. There's things in the bulletin that we don't announce, and then there are all those other things that you will forget. So be sure and get one. One thing you do uh, want to remember, of course, is that this coming Saturday is the last children's Christmas play practice. And then on Sunday, that starts at 930. And then Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, we'll have the children's Christmas play. And I um, can't remember the name of it. It's the promise of, does anybody know? Promise of Christmas. Is that it? <laughs> I, think that, I think that's right. So uh, anyway, we're looking forward to that. I know it's going to be a blessing. Uh, and then remember all the other announcements that we have. We do have Wednesday night service this week, of course, and we're looking forward to that. And I, I believe Derek is preaching. Isn't that right? Are you preaching Wednesday night? Yep. Okay, he is. So he had to think about it a minute, but... <laughs> So they just have completely cut me out of this conversation. <laughs> well, that's not even in the bulletin, I don't think. Okay, do y'all even know what we're talking about? I do know what we're talking about. Okay. So we're going to the rising sun. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that, right. Okay. Somebody tell me what time they need to be here. We got to be there at seven. I guess we need to leave here. I guess let's leave at six and then we six. Okay, six fifteen. Be here at six fifteen. Don't pay any attention to them. Tuesday night, be here at six fifteen to go to Rising Sun, and the bus will leave about six twenty-five. Okay, so that we settled that. Uh, if they'd have just told me ahead of time, we could have saved a lot of that. All right, we're going to ask our ushers to come forward for our regular Sunday evening tithes and offerings. You give as the Lord directs. I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that uh, he will bless you for it. Helen and I were talking about it the other day. Uh, we had an event that took place a few years ago. And we, uh, we were kind of concerned about some things. Uh, we're, I don't know if you know this, but we're not getting any younger. And we said that that event took place, 
And from that point onward, it was just like God has miraculously provided for us far, far more than we deserve. And uh, just one time after another after another, just seemed like the Lord provided for us the things that we needed. And uh, we, we, we believe that the Lord uh, sometimes just blesses you. We don't deserve it. But he just, he just blesses us anyway. Amen. And I know that if you give, uh, the Lord's already promised, if you give, uh, he will make sure your needs are met. Amen. And I'm going to ask Ronnie if he would. Uh, Ronnie's my buddy. Ronnie checks on me. Amen. Amen. So you need to take lessons from Ronnie. He don't let the preacher, do, anything happen with the preacher, Ronnie's checking on him. Preacher, you all right? You need anything? I appreciate that, Ronnie. I really do. It's, it, it's a tremendous blessing. So you pass the God's blessing on the offering tonight. Amen. And page up on this last verse. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals bound with Hosanna's ring. Jesus, Savior, reigneth forever and ever. Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the Great. 
you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Walk beside me, the winter storms made way for spring, in every season from where I'm standing, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. 
remember when I'm weak. The fear may come, but fear will leave. You lead my heart to victory. You are my strength, and you always will be. I see. Somebody, as the choir comes down, tell them it's good to see him in the house of the Lord tonight. everybody doing? I think we fixed the microphone. We shouldn't have any more mishaps there. So uh, it'll be good, maybe. Hey, I'm preaching tonight, <laughs> in case you didn't know. 
You're already here. You can't leave. We suckered you. Gotcha. <laughs> it's just a joke. <laughs> Has anybody enjoyed this beautiful weekend? <laughs> Not really. That's a joke, too. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I say we're okay, but I don't know. I thought I'd be running and hooping and hollering, so I guess we'll be all right. So, tonight, this isn't going to be, we're, we're going to be, spend the majority of our time in um, Second Chronicles chapter 20. But to start out, I just want to read a familiar passage in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. And this is a familiar passage. Just something that God just kind of, I don't know, spoke to me about. And hopefully it'll be a help. I pray that it'll be a help to somebody here tonight. Ephesians chapter 6, like I said, it's familiar. Chapter 6, verse 10. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Guess what's on my heart tonight is standing in the battle. Standing in the battle. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be in your house tonight. Lord, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for your word. Father, and what it does for us. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father, and it guides us through this world Father, when we just don't know what else to do sometimes, it's the answer for us. It's the guidebook of our life, and God, we're just so grateful for it, and we honor it, and we thank you for giving it to us, Lord. And God, I pray as we just kind of speak about it today, Lord, that, that God, you would just speak through me. God, I pray that you would just uh, have, have said what you want to be said. Lord, I pray that, that someone will be encouraged tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray that that hearts will be uplifted. God, I pray if there's one here that is going through uh, a tough time, God, I pray that they find um, strength tonight and encouragement and they keep their eyes on you. And, and Lord, I pray if there's one here that doesn't know you as their Savior tonight, that God, I pray that they will come to know you tonight, Lord. And I'm just so grateful for your goodness in our lives, Father. And I just pray that you'll just bless this time that we have here tonight, Lord, and that you'll just speak to us as only you can, and do a work in us as only you can. God, we're so grateful for all that you've done for us. We thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins and giving us life and life everlasting. Lord, we're just so grateful for that. Help us to praise you with all that we have, with our lives, and everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, I wanted to read that. It's kind of 
even though we're not, we'll, we'll make reference to that as we go. Second Chronicles chapter 20 is where we're going to focus. But what I was interested in is the, is, is the battle. What's been on my mind is the battle and the preparation for the battle and what the battle is and what God tells us to do in the battle. In Ephesians there, he simply tells us to stand, to stand in the battle. And those battles, it's a spiritual battle. Everything that we experience here in this physical world has a spiritual root. We focus so much on the physical things that are going on in life, and we put all of our efforts and focus on that, and so often we fail to recognize what's at the root of it is the spiritual conflict, the battle between good and evil heaven and hell, between God and Satan. And so that battle that we come across, that battle is a spiritual battle. It's spiritual warfare, and we need to understand that. We need to understand, because if we don't understand what type of battle this is, we, we'll, we'll be way off when we try to address this battle in our lives. And this battle is designed often by the enemy to make us doubt God. To make us question God. The battle is designed to take our eyes off of Christ. It's designed to make us feel like we are defeated. But the good news is, here's a spoiler alert. You are not defeated. You have the victory through Christ Jesus. You have the victory through Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ came here to earth as a humble baby. God into man. He was, his own, his own didn't receive him. He was uh, betrayed. He was uh, denied. He was mocked. He was plotted against. He was beaten. The Bible said, uh, beaten, he, unrecognizable as a man. He was beaten. Humiliated. Spit upon mocked, laid down on a cross, spikes driven between his hands and his feet. And he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. And by that, he defeated Satan. He defeated sin. They put him in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose victorious, defeating death, hell, and the grave, claiming the victory. And now we can have the victory through Christ Jesus. If you have given your life to Christ and chosen to follow him with your life, you have the victory. That is the good news. We could praise God we should praise God every day for that victory that we have in this life because of what Jesus Christ done for us. We have the victory, but <laughs> the devil was relentless. He just doesn't stop, and he won't stop. And as long as we are breathing on this earth, there will be battles that we face. 
There will be battles that we face. And these battles are designed to make us feel like we're losing. To make us doubt God. To make us doubt His goodness. To make us doubt His mercy. To make us doubt His grace. To make us doubt that His power is enough. To get us to stop reading our Bible. To get us to stop going to church. To get us to stop being faithful. But we have the victory. And that's what we need to focus on. That we have the victory through Christ Jesus. Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We see a king. A king of Judah by the name of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat by all accounts. He was a good guy. He was a good king. When you read in uh, chapter 17, um, it talks about when he took over after his father and the things that he had done. And, and he started out uh, the king of Judah and, and, and he strengthened the military there, the defenses of Judah. And, and they talk about the army that he had had. And, and when, when you tally up the number, it looked like he had a million people in his army, a million soldiers. So he wasn't dealing with any rinky-dink military um, uh, force there. I mean, he had quite a force. He strengthened the military, strengthened uh, uh, the, the defenses there, and, and he strengthened the economy there in Judah. It, it talks about there how, how Judah um, was, was booming and, and building cities and stores and, and businesses, and, and he built the economy there. The people there loved him and adored him. Um, it says that they uh, brought him presents, and, and it says there in verse 6 and 17 that he had riches and honor in abundance. The people loved him. The military was built up. The, the economy was going good. Everything was well there. But the biggest thing here with Jehoshaphat was that the Bible says that he feared the Lord. He walked in the commandments of the Lord and not in the ways of Israel. He sought the Lord and not idols. And the Lord was with him, it said. It, the, 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 it says that the Lord had the kingdom of Judah in his hand. And I am glad that God holds us in his hand. He holds us in his hand and there ain't nothing that can take us out of that. The devil can't take it out. The world can't take it out. Sometimes we lose grip, but he never loses grip on us. Sometimes we falter. Sometimes we try to jump out. But he never loses grip. He never loses hold. Nobody can take us out of that. The Bible said that, that, that the kingdom was in his hand. And it said that he, Jehoshaphat, sent teachers with the word of God to all of the cities throughout Judah, teaching the word of God. And that right there is critical. Can you imagine if somebody became president today and declared that we need to have some missionaries go through all the cities of the United States and, and preach the Bible. You imagine how things would be turned upside down there. We've always said the answer was the Bible, was Jesus, and that would be the answer for us. You imagine if that happened. Well, it had a profound impact. And we'll see as we go in chapter 20 what happens here. But he had, had them going throughout all the, all the cities there preaching the word of God preaching the law of, of the Lord. And the people all around them, because of that, because it was obvious that the Spirit of God was on Judah, people didn't mess with, with them. There, there wasn't any war with them. The surrounding kingdoms actually feared them because of the presence of God that was on them. That's Jehoshaphat. Then we find ourselves in chapter 20. Find ourselves in chapter 20. 
20 verse 1 says, And it came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Almost as if out of nowhere, here comes a battle. Things were going pretty well. Jehoshaphat wasn't a perfect guy, no, but, but you can see he feared God. He, he established a, a, a spiritual foundation here amongst this nation. And here, almost out of nowhere, there's a battle that is brewing. And that's what happens in our lives. I think we all can all testify to that. It seems like things are going pretty well, pretty smooth, and all of a sudden, bam, we're confronted with a battle, a battle. Um, and we're facing these battles that are, again, they're designed to keep us from standing. And in our lives, they're financial battles, battles with a relationship of who we're going to have relationships with, current relationships. They're battles of addiction, maybe, whatever you're addicted with, drugs, alcohol, pornography, battles of addiction. They're battles of jealousy, battles of bitterness, battles of hatred, battles of anger, battles of gossip, battles of unforgiveness. It's hard to tell what your battle is, but you know what your battle is. You know what you face. You know what you deal with. And Satan's trying to steal your joy. Satan's, Satan's trying to steal your faithfulness here. This is what this battle is designed to do. And Jehoshaphat sees this battle. And we don't know how long this battle is going to be. Only God knows the duration of the battle. Only God knows how hard this battle is going to be. And it catches them off guard. But check out what Jehoshaphat does here. And, and, I believe, and again, it all stems back to the foundation that he had built. Immediately, it says that Jehoshaphat in verse 3, he feared. And then he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. To seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. There was a preparation here. There was a preparation here, and that preparation started way back when he took reign, and the word of God was being proclaimed. And there was a spiritual foundation that was, that was laid right then and there. And let me tell you, you need to start that spiritual foundation long before that battle comes. If you are going to be victorious, you can't wait until the battle comes and, and, and then all of a sudden decide you're going to start being faithful and start doing this. I mean, that doesn't always work. That isn't a guarantee. If you are going to be anchored and secured on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, that has to happen a long time before these battles come in order for you to be able to claim that victory and realize that victory in that battle. <laughs> Sorry. I was about to say something, but I'll keep that to myself. Um, the battle, the preparation. Long before there was a foundation of biblical truths that was laid. And here, he proclaims a fast and he goes to God in prayer. He goes to God in prayer and he starts crying out to God. Let's read a little bit of this prayer. It says, O Lord, our God, our fathers, art thou not the God in heaven and rulest not thou over the kingdoms in heaven and of the, he uh, I'm sorry, and rulest thou over the kingdoms of the heathen and in thine hand 
Is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Are not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us as a sword, as judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, they're in the sanctuary that was built, in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction. Then wilt thou hear and help. He's calling out to God, and he's not questioning God. He's not trying to remind God of who God is. God's well aware of where he's seated, of what he has authority over, of what he's done in the past. I can't help but think he's just building up his faith in remembrance of the things that God has done for them in the past and who God is and how he is, has authority over all of heaven and all of earth and everything under earth and, and, and how he is in full control and sovereign over all and how he's been faithful. He's not necessarily reminding God of who God is, God's well aware. He's building up his faith as they prepare for this battle. And you'll see, just as we go through here, it's just a testament of faith and trust in Jesus Christ and in reminding themselves of who God is, what God has done, and the faithfulness that he, is, that he has brought here. And here they are, they go to God in prayer, and they plead out to God. And uh, so often the problems that we have is what drives us to pray. And, um, but again, we should have a solid prayer life before that, we should, have, we should be prayed up for when the battle comes, we're ready for what the battle holds and we can stand against in that battle. Because, and at that point, we just need to let the truth of his glory and his might and his power and his faithfulness and his love uh, that is displayed in, in his word and in our life, we need to let that be the reason for our praise. And you'll see as we come down here that they just are nonstop praising God and they prayed right there. Immediately, he fell on his face and he prayed and he prayed. And at the end of this prayer, at the end of this prayer in verse 12, he says, For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we not what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. He humbled himself before a holy God. He said, I, I don't even know what to do here. We have, we're at a loss. We, we're no match for this enemy. So often we try, but to no avail, to figure it out, to work it out. But we don't know. We don't have power. We can't contend with hell. We can't contend with Satan. Why, we've got a good God who's already got the victory. <laughs> and we rely on that good God. And they've prayed and they've humbled themselves and recognizing uh, their weakness. And in recognizing that, it causes them to rely in, in the strength of God and the character of God. And they can rest in that power. And the Bible tells us uh, that, that, that when we are weak, he is strong. That we are strong when we are weak. We are strong through him when we are weak. And we depend on him. And he's showing the humility. And often we just got to humble ourselves when that battle is coming. And we see that coming, we got to say, God... I don't even know. I don't know even what to do here. 
I put it in your hands. That's what he said. He said, our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. And it was as though they sat and they waited for an answer from God. And it don't say how we wait. They're just sitting there waiting. And he brought all of Judah here, and they're just waiting. Sometimes you won't get that answer right away. Sometimes it might be a little bit. You, you cry out to God, and you cry out, and you may not get that answer right away. They don't say how long he waited. But then it says that all of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. What an amazing verse. And you may say, what do you mean? That don't say much. Here with their families. They're crying out to God. And with their wives and their children are witnessing how they pour out their heart to God and totally rely on God. And I hope that my kids have seen how we've trusted in God and how God has brought us through and that they can believe because of what God has done for us that God will do the same thing for them and their faith is built as they face battles in this life. <laughs> That's just a pretty cool verse. But then, then it talks about how, then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, I'm not going to go through all those names, but Jehaziel is a guy that was in the midst of all of them. And it said, then upon Jehaziel came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, here's a guy in the midst of it all who had the Spirit of God upon him. And he starts to speak a word into this situation. We need to have the right people around us that can be an encouragement to us. Uh, when we're going through the battle, they can speak a word of God into us and to help us out in that battle. I see Denny Adams back there, and he probably don't know what in the world I'm getting ready to say, but I can remember a time in my life we had just gotten married, and I was not doing well. I think at that point, I, I don't know if I was either. I'd probably just come out of the hospital. I, I was probably just out of the hospital. Not doing well. Out of work for a while. We are living down there in the apartment in Rising Sun. The phone rings. It's Denny Adam. I can't remember word for word what he said. I just remember after getting off that phone with him and the things that he had said, I realized that I was putting so much faith and trust in a doctor when the doctor didn't have the final say. And I remember getting off the phone then and being so encouraged. I'm thankful for people of God in this place that have spoke things to me in my life and have helped me along the way. You need to have the right people in your life, surrounded by the right people that can help you through those battles. We go back to that armor of God. That armor of God, everything that we're shielded with is on our front. We're supposed to be going forward. I can't help but to think it's because we need to have each other's back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You need to have the right people by your side, behind you, that can encourage you, that can lift you up in prayer, that can be a shoulder to lean on, that can speak a word of God into the situation. And check out what he says. He says, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, 
but gods. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook. How many is glad that God knows what the enemy's doing? That's what, he's telling you what they're doing, where they're going. That's why we can trust in this God. Because he knows what, we don't know what the enemy's doing. We don't know where the attack's coming from. Apparently, when they were coming up, when he was told about this battle, um, this is Hazanon Tamar, was only about 60 miles from where they were. So they weren't far. This battle was upon them. It was coming up, and it was coming up quick. But it's good to know that God is already aware of these things. And he says, and ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. All he tells them to do is to go out there and stand. He don't say, go get your staffs, go get your spears, go get your uh, swords. Your, he, he just says, go and stand. Every time we watch a movie from that, that's timed in years past, I'm, and, and it's a battle, I, I think of how they go to war, and they all come out to a field, and they all stand in front of each other. <laughs> like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I can't believe it took so long for somebody to think, you know what, I'm going to hide behind this tree. <laughs> but here they are in an open field, just praying, please don't let an arrow hit me. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you, I'd have probably ran the other way. But that's what I vision here, <laughs> that we're going to battle and we're just standing in front of the enemy. What in the world? Standing in front of the enemy. This battle. This battle, he tells us to stand. That's the only thing he asked. To stand and show that you have faith enough to face the enemy. That you have faith in this good God that you just said. You recognized that he was the God of heaven. You recognized that he was the God who had power over your enemies. You recognize that he was the God who's delivered in the past. Now he said, stand and have faith in this God who you proclaimed is who he says he is. Just to trust. Are we walking forth boldly in that belief, in that faith that God is able to do what we can't do and defeat our foes, which we can't defeat? Are we walking forth in that faith? This is why God tells us not to worry. My wife's a worrier, and I'm always telling her, ain't nothing to worry about until there's something to worry about. <laughs> no sense in worrying about it now. But I believe this is why God tells us not to worry about anything. Because the more we worry, the more we try to handle things. And we're not putting it in his hands. And he says when we come up against a battle, all we're supposed to do is face it and stand. And he will bring the salvation. The salvation of the Lord will come upon us. He said, you know why? Because this isn't your battle. This is, remember we said this is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle that we face. And Satan's beefing with us. 
And God recognizes that. His beef is with God. Believe it or not, we are what they're fighting over. Our souls are what they are fighting over. So this battle isn't ours. This battle is for us. Satan's trying to lure us away. God's trying to woo us to him. The battle is God's. The battle is God's. Believe it or not, you may not think you're worth much, but you are the prize. You are what they're fighting for. So you don't have to fight because the battle is the Lord's. You just need to put on the armor of God and stand and let God do his thing. God loves you. He wants you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. That's how much he loves you. Satan don't want you. He don't love you. He just doesn't want God to have you. He's fine with destroying you. He's fine with letting everything around you crumble. And if you don't have the armor of God on, if you don't have truth wrapped around you to where you can decipher what's wrong and what's right, if you don't have the breastplate of righteousness on that you can protect your heart from the evils of this world, if you don't have the helmet of salvation on to where you can protect your mind and, 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 and you can keep focused on the cross and on Christ, if you don't have the shield of faith that keeps uh, those fiery darts of the devil from coming, if you're not equipped with the armor of God, you're going to have a hard time standing. He tells us, equip yourself and stand because this battle is not yours you just wait and let me fight this you just stand in front of the enemy and you just let me fight this this battle is not ours we're not fighting this battle this is a battle that God is fighting uh, for us and by standing we are showing that we're trusting in this holy God you know what's crazy about this whole thing What's crazy about this whole thing is throughout this whole thing, all they do the entire time is give God praise. Way back at the beginning, way back at the beginning when uh, Jehaziel started to speak. I won't be able to find it that quick. But they worshiped God is what they said. Jehoshaphat bowed his head there in verse 18 with his face to the ground and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord and worshiped him. They didn't even win anything yet. They didn't even go to battle yet. But they recognized that God was who he said he was. And they got a word from the Lord. And they had faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. And it brought praise in their hearts. We should praise God so much more than what we do. Falling on our face and worshiping this good God. Even They knew the best. Things weren't going well. They knew the battle was coming. And it was still a big question mark in a lot of ways. But God spoke, and it calmed their hearts, and it was a word from the Lord. They worshiped him. And then, even then, then they go to battle. So they go out here. Check this out. He's got this army. When you read back in 17, it talks about all the men that he had. And again, I was just curious, so I added it up. And it was about a million. I hope I did my math right. Don't go home and calculate that. And find and text me today and say, you know what, you're way off. It was only 100,000. <laughs> but, but they go out here. And it said, 
Oh, hopefully I can find it. And they, in verse 20, and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Not the army, not the military, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. It's just the people that live there are going out to face this army. They didn't even take, it doesn't even say he took the army. It's just the people all went out to stand in front of the enemy. And look at what they did. They appointed people to sing. Verse 21, And when he had consulted the people, he appointed singers unto them, that they should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Yeah, Michael hit that hard last Sunday night. His mercy endureth forever. His mercy doesn't run out. It renews every day. Every day when we think his mercy is exhausted, it just keeps on replenishing. It never runs out. And they're praising him. God didn't say, go out there and start to worship. It's what in the walls of Jericho that they're marching around and they're shouting to proclaim it. He didn't tell them to go out there and praise me. He just said to go. But they went and they chose to praise. Man, how, if our hearts were just that full of praise, that even unprovoked, in the face of danger, in the face of the enemy. That's one reason I wanted to sing that praise the Lord tonight. Our God inhabits praise for the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you. I love that. And, uh, but they praised the Lord even in the midst of the enemy. And at that point they didn't know, but check out how God delivered them. They don't even really know. It just said God set up ambushments against them. And all of a sudden, the other army just started fighting each other, and they killed each other. <laughs> you don't know how God's going to do it. That seems crazy to me. God does some crazy stuff. He's capable of some wild stuff, stuff that we don't even know, man, and not even aware of. And God's just capable. It's, we can't even comprehend what God is capable of doing. He just calls these people to kill each other. And what they do? They bless the Lord. They worshiped him again. They worshiped him before the battle, during the battle, after the battle. And it said, then they went and scavenged. They took all the riches and all the jewels. For three days they gathered them up. There's blessing at the end of that battle. You see that battle that you're facing? And so often we try to run the other way. We try to hightail it around. We try to see what we can do. But sometimes God designed that battle for us. And Satan's getting in the battle, he's trying to get in the mix of, and he's trying to mess things up, and he's trying to, I mean, look at Job. I mean, he was like, I mean, it was, God said, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, you can do whatever you want to him, just don't kill him. And Satan had free reign of him. God authorized that whole thing. God authorized that whole thing with Job, and sometimes, you know, that's, that's what happened. Um, and, and sometimes God intends, has designed these battles for our good and for his glory. And sometimes we run the other way and we totally miss the blessing at the other side of that battle that is waiting for us. What God intended to do in us and through us by going through that battle. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And we're just to stand. Stand, believing, and trusting, that is like the ultimate in submission to God. 
that we will face an enemy without any weapon, without an army, and we just praise him anyway. Because we know who he is. We know what he's done. It's not our battle to fight. It's his battle. We give it to him. And God didn't tell them, you know, just stay here and I'll take care of it. He didn't say that. He said, go face the enemy. Face your enemy and stand. So we face battles. And what are we going to do? We face all these battles in life. And what are we going to do? We're going to stand. We're going to stand and trust in a good God. We're going to stand and, and stand on the promises that he's given us in his word. We're going to stand on his faithfulness because he's provided for us in the past. And we know that he can do it again. Imagine, the Bible says if we had faith of a mustard seed that we can move mountains. Imagine, we just, we lack faith. We miss out on so much of God. We rob ourselves so much from, of, of what God has for us. The power that's available to us through God. The faith and what that can do if we put our faith in him. He can conquer our enemies by putting our faith in him. If we would just trust him and face our enemy. Show up at the battle, face the enemy, stand. And let God do what God does. The battle is the Lord's. The battle's not yours. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Eric, if you come up. Been through enough to know that he'll be enough? Tonight, I don't know. I don't know what you're going through tonight. Um, what kind of battles you face. We all face battles. They're all different shapes and sizes. All different durations. But you may be facing a battle tonight. And you're just scared out of your mind. And you're trying to figure a way out of this thing. And the way out of it is probably through it. And the only way through it is to face it and to stand and to trust in this God. Everybody stand, his head's bowed and eyes closed. If anybody wants to come to the altar and pray, start the week out, not letting Satan have the victory over you, win that battle. It's by winning the little battles we can see this victory. No, and have confidence. Maybe you lost sight of the fact that you have victory in Christ Jesus. Maybe you need to focus yourself on that, that you already have the victory. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you don't have victory at all. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior and you don't even have the victory. And Satan's just having a field day on you. You can have the victory tonight trusting in this good God who went to the cross and he died for you. He loved you that much. And now he can fight your battles for you. Oh, deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure that he Son to make a red.
Why should? 